0: Welcome to Kishwaukee Bible Church. Well, welcome again to Kishwaukee Bible Church 2019. My name's Jesse, and we're kicking off today with the start of the new year, a series we're calling The Songs of Jesus a series in which we're going to be looking at the shape and story of the book of Psalms, the songbook of the Old Testament. And we're calling it the Songs of Jesus in part because these were the songs that Jesus grew up singing, the the songs that shaped his life and penetrated his heart. And we know that because according to the records that we have in the New Testament, Jesus during his life, and as did his followers after him, quoted from the Psalms more than any other book of the Bible. And so if we want our lives to be shaped like Jesus' life, if you want to follow Jesus and grow as Jesus' follower, a good place to start is by plugging in Jesus playlist, allowing the the songs that Jesus grew up singing to penetrate your heart as well. These are the songs of Jesus, but not just because these were songs Jesus sang, but because these were songs Jesus came to satisfy. They were songs that pointed forward to Jesus and that only Jesus finally fulfilled. As one guy has said, they put a thirst in his people only Jesus could quench. An ache in their souls that only Jesus could cure and a longing only Jesus could fulfill. So to appreciate Jesus for who he was and who he came to be and what he came to do, one of the ways to do that most effectively is by immersing ourselves again in the songs Jesus sang and the songs he came to satisfy, to plug in Jesus' playlist. So if you have a Bible, let me invite you to turn then to that Playlist in the book of Psalms and to the lead off track that we know as Psalm 1. This is the psalm that sets the tone for the album and introduces all the psalms that follow. And it's the first song of Jesus that we're going to look at. And you could follow along with me as I read the lyrics to this psalm found pretty much in the center of your Bible. Psalm 1, verses 1 to 6. This is God's Word. It says this, Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight, her delight, is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, but the way, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we begin today to listen in to Jesus' playlist, to, to look at the The lyrics of Jesus' playlist. I I pray that today and for the year ahead, that this would be our playlist as well. I pray that these songs would shape our lives and penetrate our hearts and grow in us the same thirst that only Jesus can quench and ache that only Jesus can cure and longing only Jesus can finally fulfill. That's singing Jesus' songs. We would see Jesus more than ever before for who he is and who he was and what he came to do. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is what our country was founded on when the Second Continental Congress signed into effect the Declaration of Independence, stating that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And since that declaration was signed, we've made quite an effort in pursuing just that, haven't we? Going after the original American dream of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Whether it's been by going after the girl, or, or going after the guy, or going after the job, the next thrill ride, or adrenaline rush... The bigger house, the nicer car, the perfect family photo, or any of the the litany of other things that, that Google tells us we need. But at the end of the day, if we're just being honest, there aren't too many of us clapping along with Pharrell Williams because you know what happiness is about for you because you're so happy. And that's because there aren't too many of us who've actually gotten what we've gone after. That's even been confirmed recently by the latest edition of the World Happiness Report, a year-over-year global study by the United Nations in which the U.S. continues to drop in rank even though our GDP, our, our income per capita continues to rise. Because in this country, while we're going after happiness, our express goal of why we created this thing called America in the first place, because in this country, at least according to this report, all we're getting, though, is more obese, more drunk, more drugged, more depressed. Losing more of our confidence in the social fabric of our country and losing more of our social support with the destruction of the family. Go ahead, go online. You can read it for yourself. And what I want to suggest, at least for us in this country, is that the root cause of that both for us as a country and for us as individuals, is that we've gone after, we go after, we're going after. It's because we're going after a happiness we've defined for ourselves rather than the happiness God defines on our behalf. A happiness we've defined that hasn't led to anyone's happiness at all. Which is what, interestingly enough, this lead-off track that comes well before the establishment of our country, this lead-off track of this playlist of the Psalms is all about happiness. That's what the word that, that, that leads it off means. Blessed, happy is the man, happy is the woman. It's all about Happiness and contrasting the happiness God defines with the happiness that we've defined for ourselves. Contrasting them, first, in terms of where they begin. Second, in terms of what they're like. And third, in terms of where they lead. Again, contrasting them in terms of where they begin. What they're like and where they lead. First, let's look at the contrast between where they begin, the the pursuit of these two types of happiness. And as it turns out, your happiness, and whether you're happy at all, begins with and is dependent on who you listen to. Look again with me at verses 1 and 2. It says, blessed is the man, blessed is the woman, happy are they who walk not in the counsel of the wicked. has to do with your ears. Who walk not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, that one meditates, listens to, ponders day and night. See, happiness begins and is dependent on who you listen to, whether your creator or other wayward creatures. And the point is this for this lead off track it's that if you listen to the creature rather than the creator, you won't find happiness at all. Because those who are happy walk not in the counsel of the wicked, or as some have translated it, they don't walk in step with the wicked. Because happiness, true, lasting and significant happiness is at its core, not about chasing after what we want or think we want or are so sure that we want, but about going after what God wants Because God knows better what we should want. And even more than that, God wants our best. Which means that happiness isn't found in following the example of or advice of those who have walked away from God, it's not found by walking in step with the wicked. When I first read this, the, the picture in my mind was of the wicked witches of the West. Gnarled fingers, green skin after our ruby slippers and toto Two. But that's not really what this is about. This isn't about a, a category that's so extremely narrow that it's only big enough for the Hitlers and the Pol Pots. The wicked here are simply those who at some point have disregarded God's way and gone their own. It includes just about everybody, except if somebody in a moment of grace is not telling you about their own way, but in that moment is declaring to you God's way. Those who are wicked are not necessarily wicked because of some heinous crime they've committed, but rather because they are those with Sinatra who who traveled each and every highway and more, much more than this, they say, I did it my way. They don't know the first thing about being happy because they don't get that happiness isn't about going after what we want, but about going after what God wants, which means you can't find happiness for yourself walking in the counsel of the wicked, even less by standing in the way of sinners. If after walking, you take your stand with those who stand against God, Not just standing with sinners outside your house or in the park or on the playground. That's not what this is about. That's not what this is talking about. But standing in the way of sinners... And the distinction here between the wicked we walk with and the sinners we stand with is simply a distinction between the wicked who have ignored God's ways and the sinners who who, who have made a conscious decision to travel in the opposite direction. That if God's way is left, I'm going right. If God's way is east, I'm going west. Like Jonah, if you remember. At least in that beginning of his story, regardless of wherever he ended up, when he is told to to go to Tarshish, but remember, jumps on a ship, it goes five times the direction in the distance in the opposite direction, when he's told to go to Tarshish, but heads the other way. And the point is, you, you won't find happiness jumping on the boat with Jonah. You won't find happiness taking your stand with Jonah. Because the company doesn't make two in a fish any more happy than one in a fish. And as much as happiness is not found walking in the counsel of the wicked. According to this song, the top of the playlist, it's even less found standing in the way of sinners. And even less found by sitting in the seat of scoffers. The wicked are those who who go their own way. Sinners make the conscious decision to run from God's way. Scoffers, this word we don't use too much, are are those who then turn to spit in God's face and to spit on any who would go God's way. They're the the lobbyists who who spend their lives pushing a, a single agenda to lobby against God and against God's way. They're those under the guise of tolerance who fight for your right to go your way. Unless that is you decide that your way is to go God's way. And that's something, ironically, they, they won't tolerate whatsoever. But you've got to know that as much as they won't tolerate anybody going God's way, that's the only way they can actually be happy. Because the happiness that they would put in front of you and propose to you isn't a happiness at all. Because the happiness we define for ourselves or allow the wicked and the sinners and the scoffers around us to define for us, it's not a happiness at all. And our experience of, of true and lasting and significant happiness begins with and is dependent on our listening not to other wayward creatures, but to our Creator. That is, verse 2 that says, Blessed are they, happy are they who delight in the law of the Lord and delight so much that they meditate on His law day and night. See, our only hope of of finding the happiness that we're all running after is is if we can get off the hamster wheel of running after a happiness we define for ourselves Instead, and instead run after the happiness with delight in the happiness and place ourselves on the, the highland road that leads to the happiness God defines for us. which is what God's law is all about. We don't think about it like that. But it's what his law is all about. The happiness that he secures on our behalf and that he invites us to walk in. We don't think of it like that. When someone says law, we think Ten Commandments, which doesn't seem very happy. At least it doesn't seem very happy in my book. But remember, even the Ten Commandments began not with what we were supposed to do for God, but with with what God had done for us. That He was the God who, who brought His people out of slavery in Egypt, brought them to salvation in the Promised Land. So that when the psalmist says law, he's not referring to what we do for God, but but to the story of what God has done for us. Delight in that. Not to the Ten Commandments before all that's recorded in the five books of Moses generally. That's what the law was, the five books of Moses. Moses which are summarized in Moses' last words in Deuteronomy 33, verse 29. Where it's actually where Moses uses this word, the only recorded time in his entire life. It says that happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your triumph. That's what happiness is. It's the delight in the saving work of God's grace. Happy is the one who delights themselves in, who listens to the story of God's grace because happiness, true, lasting, and significant happiness begins with who we listen to when we listen to the one who has defined happiness on our behalf. And that story wasn't done with Moses. The, the writer of the Psalms is, in a way, rewriting that story. Which is why he wrote his own five books. Compiled these into his own five books. Because the five books of Moses weren't done. Happy is the one who delights themselves in, who listens to the story Of God's grace. That's where it begins true, lasting, and significant happiness. Second, what it's like, what it looks like, this happiness God defines, uh, compared to the happiness that we define for ourselves. What does it look like? Well, in verse 3, we're told that it looks like a, a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, the one who is happy in the Lord prospers. This isn't the dried up, dusty old, dead religion some make it out to be. It's the picture of life, rooted by water, fruit in its season, never withers, always prospers. It's the way of the world that leads to nowhere. For the wicked are not so, verse 4, but are like chaff, that the, that the wind drives away. While those who are happy in the Lord, happy in the law of the Lord, are like trees. Want to be good for nothing? Come to nothing? Forgotten as nothing? Go your own way. Or you could be like a tree having gone God's way. Because there's a a permanence to to the one who who walks according to God's Word, who delights in God's Word, that no matter the season, how hard the summer sun beats down, or how hard the winter wind blows by, that amidst the, the heat of sexual temptation, or a world gone spiritually cold, that in everything they prosper. And it's a permanence this world knows nothing of on its own. Because no one who's gone after a happiness that they've defined for themselves has ever found what they went looking for. Oh, sure, maybe for a moment their endorphins have run high, or their dopamine has peaked out, or their serotonin has increased. But it's never sustained. It never satisfies. Because in moments like that, what what we're mistaking for happiness is the chase. Not that we've gotten or, or, or what we've gone after is something we've actually ended up with. And if we ever get what we go after, all we find is that all of a sudden we need to go after something more just to sustain the illusion of being satisfied. It's like little Johnny who went from girl to boy and from wanting toy to toy, but each one that he had got, it turned out he wanted not. Because instead of make him glad, each one did make him mad. And the toys from girls and boys never brought the joys with another to be had. And a happiness like that isn't a happiness at all. It's driven away by, in an instant along with all those who chase after it. But those who have found their happiness in God and what God has done for them, they're like trees. Rooted by water. Fruit in its season. Never withers. Always prosper. Because this is the original prosperity gospel. Not name what you want, get what you name. But delight yourself in God because God's delighted in bringing you back to himself. What a contrast between where they begin and what they're like. These, these two types of happiness. And lastly, between where they lead. We're told in verse 4, the the wicked are not so. They're not like trees, but like chaff that are driven away by the wind. This isn't, though, just a description of what they look like today. It's a foreshadowing of where, where that kind of happiness that, that we define for ourselves leads tomorrow. That therefore, as verse 5 says, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. That they may stand against God for the time being, but they will not stand before God when he calls all things to account. Not in the judgment nor when those who have delighted in God's word are gathered together to him. Oh, yeah, they'll stand in judgment, but they won't be standing after it. How could they? They're chaff. They have no roots. They bear no fruit. They're simply driven away. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the wicked will perish. He knows the way of the righteous. He watches over it. He sustains it by His will. He maintains it by His work. And He keeps it by His word. And blessed are they, happy are they, that delight in the law of the Lord, but the way of the wicked will perish, and those who travel in it will forever be forgotten without life, without liberty, and without the happiness that defined they defined for themselves, which while their pursuit wasn't a happiness at all. What a contrast. What a contrast between this happiness that we define for ourselves and the happiness that is defined for us by God. A contrast in terms of where they begin, what they're like, and where they lead. A happiness that has been personified in Jesus like it had never been before. One who not only delighted in God's Word, but who embodied it. Who stood as a tree even as He hung from one on our behalf. And who not only stands in judgment, stands over judgment, is standing after judgment but has made the way for sinners like us to stand as well and for us to have this happiness ourselves as we delight in God's word that is in the end all about God's son more on that next week But for now, let me encourage you in three ways. Three ways at the beginning of this new year going forward. First, to spend this year getting into God's Word. Does that just sound old hat at this point? I know we say that a lot, but I hope we never stop. Let me encourage you to get into God's Word But then second, to get God's word into you. And then lastly, to get out of anything that gets in the way of that. First, let me encourage you to get into God's word, to devote yourself this year to meditating on the law of the Lord more than ever before. To meditate on all that God's done for you in Jesus And how he's invited you to live that out yourself. To find for yourself the happiness that he's defined on your behalf. Make a practice of meditating this year on God's word, because this is the way we delight. You see, when the psalmist says, happy is the one who delights in the law of the Lord, and and on his law, that one meditates day and night, he's not saying that because one delights in the law, therefore they meditate. As much as he's saying, one who delights does so by meditating. That this is what it means to delight to continually chew on God's Word until it becomes a part of you. And in light of where pursuing any other type of happiness leads and what that looks like and who that means you have to listen to, let me encourage you to devote this year to meditating on God's Word. Whether that's reading through the Bible this year, and maybe some of you have just never done that before, it'd be worth doing reading through the Bible this year, or being intentional about reading it with someone else. Maybe you've never done that. You've never sat alongside somebody and cracked open God's Word and sharpened each other through it. And believe me, you sharpen each other more when you're together than when you're apart. Read through it yourself. Read it with someone else. Or develop in your personal devotions some of the skills that we looked at this past fall. Devote this year to meditating on God's Word. Get a new journal. Start a new notebook. Begin a new study. But devote the year to getting into God's Word. Second, to getting God's Word into you. To not only study God's Word, but to be satisfied with nothing short of delighting in it. See, meditating on God's Word is the way to delight, but oftentimes we can go through the motions without delight. Or we can go through the motions in such a way that there is very little, if any, delight. Chris touched on this last week. But I'd encourage you to, to as much as you devote yourself to meditating on God's Word, don't settle for anything short of delight. Because just as you can't delight without meditating, I don't think you can be happy or experience at least the fullness of God's blessing apart from delight which means that we ought to be reading this book in such a way that that, that we do delight. That we make this our delight, engaging our hearts as much as our heads and our hands as much as our hearts. And not just getting into God's Word, but, but doing so until God's Word gets into us. To not stop short with being right, when we're still so far from being righteous. And I'm not talking about the righteousness that that God had so graciously imputed on us from outside of us. I'm talking about the righteousness when it runs through. Don't be satisfied with just being right until you see that righteousness pouring out. So get into God's Word. Get God's Word into you. Third, though, let me encourage you to get out of anything that's getting in the way of that. It's a new year, which is a great time to to pinpoint those pinch points that, that are getting in the way of your walk with Jesus. If you see this as the most important thing, if you get it, if you hear that happiness is not available outside of this, this is a great time of year. If you see that where, where you're defining happiness for yourself or pinpointing where you're allowing the world to define it for you, and maybe that's because the playlist that, that, that you've found yourself listening to is what's getting in the way. Maybe it's as simple as that. To begin with changing up what you're allowing to speak into your life. Maybe you've got to swap out those tracks for something better. Or maybe it's something else, but whatever it is, let me encourage you to get out of that and get into God's Word and get God's Word into you. Why? Because this is the key to finding the happiness that is defined by God. That delighting in His Word, we would stand today in His Son and stand with His people forevermore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the grace of your guiding us even now, of you being with your people here and across the globe. And I thank you for the work that you've already done in our lives, calling us to yourself, giving us a taste of something better than what we go after on our own. Oh Lord, but I pray that this year, I pray this year would be the year that we get more into your truth than ever before. That we devote ourselves more fully to your word than ever before and that we devote ourselves to such an extent that we satisfy ourselves not until your word gets into us. And I pray for your grace to help us overcome, to to get away from those things that would get in the way of that, that we might know happiness. True, lasting, significant happiness in your son Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen.